0: we doing first service? Good morning. It's good to see all your smiling faces out there. Uh, this morning, as, uh, as Zach said, my name is Mark Ziegler, and I am on uh, part-time college staff here at the church. And I uh, just have the great uh, honor and privilege of getting to work with students from all over the world. And it is a blast working up at UTD. So I'm going to put a little plug in here. You didn't know I was going to do this. I got the stage, right? So uh, guys, if you like to have fun, and you you feel God stirring your heart for the peoples of the world, and you don't think you're going to be going overseas anytime soon, then come see me after the service. I would love to talk with you. So anyway, I don't know about y'all, but I've loved uh, our mixtape series. It has been awesome, uh, journeying through the book of Psalms together, uh, from uh, Mr. Murray kicking us off at the beginning of the month, to Leslie, to uh, Mark, and then last week, uh, Susan Peters. And Uh, Man, some tough acts to follow, Zach. You should have put me at the beginning. Uh, (laughs) No, but I pray, guys, that your heart has been as encouraged as mine um, in the grace of God through the Word of God as we've journeyed through the Psalms. And I was excited when Zach first asked me to teach during this series because I'll let you all know, uh, more than any other book of the Bible... The Psalms has been my go-to book. You know how we all kind of have our go-to book uh, of the Bible. Well, the Psalms has been the one that I have I've camped out in the most, and and you would quickly discern that if you were to take my Bible and open it up to the middle, which is where the Psalms are, uh, because unashamedly, you know, I'm one of those that I, I love to to mark up my Bible. Anybody else out there? You write in your Bible. I mean, some people are like, eh, I don't like doing that, but me, uh, things are underlined, they're circled, they're starred there's lots of dates uh it's just it's just out of control and if you were to look at the book of psalms i mean yeah circling dates stars underlines text in the margin there's even a lot of re underlining re i mean it's just wild i had a friend uh, a couple of years ago he said can i borrow your bible it was during a service and he we were reading a psalm and he he looked at a page and he just said How do you even know what's important on this page? (laughs) Everything is underlined, and I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's all important. And um, another thing too, guys, is I as I look back on my journey with Jesus, um, more often than not, I've begun my time with him uh, in the morning by by uh, going to the Book of Psalms, and that's that's looked like taking a psalm. And then reading it through and then praying it back to the Lord. And for me, I've just found no better way up until this point uh, to engage my heart and my mind with him than to do that and to, to make that a regular practice. So I encourage you all to uh, to read a psalm, pray it back to the Lord. It's powerful. Well, quick, uh, quick review. Stephen, you mentioned this at the very beginning, but that was July 1st, I think. And here we are, as Zach said, at the end of the month. What are the psalms? I like simple definitions. You guys just think of a collection of poems, right, just a collection of poems. And they were written to be read, obviously, but they were written to be prayed. But did you know that they were actually written to be sung? Uh, so, So when you think of the whole book, right, all 150 psalms, you guys think songbook. It's actually a songbook. And you've got a ton of variety, right? You've got songs of lament, which are basically what? Sad songs. You got songs of thanksgiving and praise, uh, prophetic songs, uh, wisdom songs, um, historical songs. You just got a ton of variety uh, in the Psalms. And so uh, these Psalms were used; they were sung for public worship in ancient Israel. So, so we have the people of God uh, way, way back in the day that that literally would sing through these Psalms for their public and private worship. And also, if you read the Gospels. You see Jesus, you see his disciples also using the Psalms for worship and, and the early church as well. And even up to today, you've got denominations that they, they sing the Psalms for worship. So, so I don't know, Jeremy, maybe we could work in a Psalm or two, uh, in the set every once in a while. It'd be pretty cool. Well, King David wrote a lot of them. Y'all may know that. I think he wrote almost half of them, 73, 74. And, uh, I just, I love his, I love all of them, but there's something about his that I just, I just connect with. Um, Always raw, right? Always kind of just brutally honest, always just kind of laying it out there. Always unfiltered, (laughs) if I could use that word. And some Psalms, you might find him um, describing a worship experience, describing encountering God uh, as he's worshiping him. And you're thinking, man, as you're reading the words, you're thinking, this guy's going to literally explode with joy, right? And then the very next one, you've got him on his face. Depressed, in tears, in the dark, crying out to God, Where are you? Right? Why have you left me here, God? Or what are you doing with my life? Is to kind of sum, sum that up. And then the very next one, you've got him mad, right? He's angry and he's like, God, did you destroy my enemies? And he's, he's describing it in really vivid and just graphic language. And then the very next one, he might be on his knees, uh, broken and humble before the Lord, asking the Lord to forgive him and cleanse him from, from some sin. But then a lot of them, and I'm glad these are in here, you guys, a lot of them are simply, if I could sum them up, help, right? <laughs> Deliver me. Get me out of here. Get me out of this desperate situation that I found myself in. And, and the psalm that we're going to look at today is, is one of those. But before we dive in, guys, question for you. Have you ever had a time in your life where you just felt stuck, or uh, another word that comes to mind when I think of stuck is trapped. Um, maybe even with that kind of, kind of a place of helplessness, maybe hopelessness, where, where you're almost to the point of, of despair, right? Well, we all have, right? I mean, we're all in there. That's, that's the human experience, is it not? And uh, David... Um, He's, he's going to be in one of those that we look at. And I realize that when I ask that question in a room this size, it's when I ask that, that's not a time in your life that you're, you're kind of looking back on. Um, a time, um, it, it's actually a current time. It's actually your current situation that you find yourself in of, of feeling um, trapped, maybe, maybe hopeless, kind of unable to do anything about your situation. You might even be, be despairing. And if you read a lot of David's Psalms, Guys, he wasn't just there once in that place, but he was there a lot. He was there a lot. Just, again, stuck, sinking, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I can't do anything about my situation, uh, despairing, suffering. And so the song that we're going to look at, as I mentioned, is one of those. But before we read it here in a second, I've got a question for you, a little pop, pop quiz. Did you guys know that there's a, a really famous band that wrote a song about psalm 40 and it was written so my fellow gen xers in the room you guys are going to be able to get this but so it was written in the early 80s anybody name the band that wrote a song about psalm 40 yeah who was that okay awesome way to go yeah u two don't know if you knew that guys but u two wrote a song about psalm 40 called what 40 (laughs) so uh great song All right, well, we're going to put Psalm 40 on the screen, and there's 17 verses, guys. We won't have time to unpack all of them, but we're going to kind of dive into the ones that I felt like the Lord highlighted for us this morning, but I'd like for us to at least read the whole thing through. Okay, y'all read with me. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. Behold, I've not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I've spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I've not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. For evils have encompassed me beyond number. My iniquities have overtaken me, and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head. My heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. And let those be put to shame and disappointed altogether who seek to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who delight in my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, Aha, aha. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you, and may those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay. Oh, my God. Uh, Thank you, guys. Let me pray, and then we'll dive in. Uh, Father, um, we thank you for your word. Your word is our our food, it's our bread, and we say to you, we're hungry this morning, and so Holy Spirit, come and have your way with the word of God in our hearts, and meet us, all of us, right where we are, uh, with your grace, and your love, and your mercy, and your power, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, uh, let's see here, let me switch to my Bible here. Okay, well, as the psalm opens, let's get our bearings just a little bit. We need to kind of find out what, what's going on with David as the psalm opens. Uh, let me read to you um, verses 1 and 2 again. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog. So so where do we find David? Well, we find him looking back at a time in his life uh, where he was in not too good of a place, right? I mean, it's usually uh, not the best of days when you, when you say or you describe yourself in something called the pit of destruction, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, or the miry bog. I mean, even on my worst days, I don't think I've, I've used that kind of language, but I may borrow it uh, from from now on. But anyway, uh, he's, he's looking back, right? That's how the song opens on a dark time in his life of suffering and perhaps struggle. Other translations, they call it the horrible pit, the desolate pit, uh, the pit of tumult, uh, the slimy pit. And as I read that verse several times, I kept asking myself, I just was wondering, what, what was David's pit of destruction? You know, wh- what was the miry bog? What was the situation in his life that was uh, so um, stressful so painful, so hard that he so desperately wanted relief from. Well, the text doesn't reveal it to us, does it? In Psalm 40, other psalms, he's like, "Yeah, here's what it is. Here's what's going on. This is my complaint. This is this is why I'm in this this bad situation." But here, it doesn't it doesn't tell us what the pit is. Doesn't tell us what the bog is. And y'all know what that made me think of? I thought of Paul in his letter to the, to the Corinthians, right, where he's. He's begging God. He's pleading with God. Would you please take this thorn away from me? Right, and and the text doesn't reveal the thorn, does it? So I just wondered to myself. You know, I wonder what in the heart of God was towards us in that He didn't reveal the pit or the bog or the thorn. And for me, I just thought, well, maybe it's because the Father wanted to allow us to insert our own struggles and dark times and um, and pits and bogs, if you will, into the text. That's just something that I was imagining. Um, When you think of a pit or a pit of destruction, what kind of imagery comes to mind? I started thinking of some movies, right? The Lord of the Rings. I mean, Frodo, I think he had to have fallen in some kind of pit, right? Wasn't there a giant spider or something in one of those? That's a pit. And then I thought of, you know, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's down in the pit. I think there were snakes, right? Um, And then even, I think, The Princess Bride. You all remember that movie? (laughs) great movie. I think there was a pit in there or something, but I I think of a, (laughs) that's right. I think of something, you know, (laughs) uh, I think of a, when I think of a pit or pit of destruction, I'm walking along and I fall into a deep, dark hole, right? It's deep. It's so deep that I can barely see the the sunlight at the top. So that's what I think of when I think of, of, as David is describing, a pit of destruction. How about a miry bog? I know it's not language that we use a lot in Dallas, Texas, but, but, but I think of like a swamp, right, or or ground that's maybe muddy, um, slippery, uh, maybe slimy, wet, um, just muddy, right? And it's the kind of ground that you're walking in, and y'all have had this happen where you're walking and, and you look down and you're like, why are my feet getting heavy? And the mud is caked it's starting to get caked, right? And, and and the more you walk, the more heavy your feet get, the more mud gets around your feet. And then the more you walk, the more you kind of sink. And then it's the kind of mud where you try to push yourself out, but you're not getting any firm footing. And, and you, you basically, you kind of keep sinking, right? Think quicksand. Um, no no vine or no branch to kind of pull yourself out. Well, that's where David is describing himself, guys, as he's looking back, stuck, sinking, uh, helpless and in despair. And I think all of us, if we're honest, can we not relate? I mean, all of us guys at some point, as we look back, have, have been in David's pit of destruction. Have we not? We've been kind of in his miry bog. And again, like I said earlier, I realize that for a lot of us in the room, that may be our current situation. We may be in a pit kind of right now, um, and for some of us, we may have been walking in that pit for a while, right? Uh, there's an area of our life, perhaps, that it's just, it's dark, it's muddy. Um, and, and, and the temptation there uh, is to, to grow tired, right, to grow weary, um, maybe even tempted to kind of give up. Um, I know I've been there. And I want you to know, if, if that's you today, if you're like, man, Mark, I'm tired, and I'm weary in this place. I just want you to know I, I can relate. I get it. Uh, you know, just in an area of my own life that's been sort of a pit uh, that that the Lord has worked mightily in. Let me just say that. But it, it's still it's still sort of ongoing, right? And and I was telling the Father even a, I think it was maybe maybe a month ago. I was just like it's one of those days, right? Uh, and I just said, Father, I'm just tired. I'm just weary. You know, I'm, I don't want to have to deal with this anymore, right? So I just want you to know that I, I can relate. So I want you guys to think of a pit or a bog as anything that causes a sense of helplessness in our lives or despair or, or sort of threatens to take away life as we know it. And I got to thinking, what are some examples for us kind of in our current situation. And I got to thinking, well, maybe it's, it's the diagnosis of an illness or a disease, maybe cancer that you got six months ago, and you're kind of right in the middle of chemo right now, and you're walking through that. That could be a pit or a bog. It could be um, financial stress, right? You lost your job um, a year ago, and you've been interviewing and interviewing and interviewing, and nothing is opening up. It could be a strained relationship. Right With a parent or a sibling or a close friend, there's, just, there's conflict that's not resolved. It could be unforgiveness that, that you just can't seem to shake. Right? You've been carrying it for years. Um, it could be resentment. It could be envy. It could be disappointment about where you find yourself in life. And you, it could be a sin, a besetting sin that you just can't seem to get victory over. It's been dogging you for years right? or, or addiction. and I could go on and on, but you all get the point there. Those could be our pits and bogs. And if we're honest, all of us can relate to one, maybe of those, maybe several, right? Just all part of living in a what? A fallen and a broken world, right? It's just, just part of it. Well, so now we've got our bearings, guys. I want us to do this. I want us to kind of get our flashlight out, if you will, and I want us to kind of peer down in the hole. Right? Let's look down and see if we can't see what David is doing down there and see if from the word of God we can't glean something for our own lives. So let me read verses 1 and 2, actually 1 again for you. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined and heard my cry. So what do we, what do we see him doing first off? We see him waiting. And waiting How? There's that dreaded word, right, patiently. Uh, we don't like any form of that word, do we? Patience, patient, patiently. But but there he is. And, and guys the, guys, the idea here is that it actually means that idea of waiting patiently means waiting. I did wait for the Lord. Or another way to say it is, I waited and I waited and I waited. So, so what we can kind of pull from that is that you have David in this, this situation of distress, and, and whatever it was, it, it, it could have quite possibly been going on for what? A long time, right? So we can discern from that that the relief that he wanted, it, it wasn't speedily coming, perhaps. It wasn't, it wasn't coming quickly. So the fear, the anxiety, the struggle, right, the feeling stuck, It may have been something that he was having to live with for for a while, right? For a while. So so we've got him waiting and waiting with patience. And then the second thing we see him doing is what? Crying or, or crying out. And the text doesn't say that he was crying out to friends or family members, although he may have been. But the text reveals that he cried out to the Lord. He cried out to the one whom he knew his heart of hearts was the only one to deliver him from whatever bog he was in, right? So you see that. And, and I want to tell you all something. If you, if you read his Psalms, you're going to find that that was so the norm for this guy, for David. He, he was crying all the time. It seemed like, I mean, he was crying out the Lord. He would, he would be weeping. So this was a man that was not ashamed to pour his heart out before the Lord, no matter where he was. And it doesn't mean, he, you know, he, had a, he was an emotional person or non-emotional person. He just knew that as God is his father, he could pour his heart out. So so we've got him waiting, and we've got him crying out. Uh, and I just wonder, guys, for us, you know, if we see the man after God's own heart, which is what the, the Bible calls David, if we see him waiting with patience, right? And continuing to wait, continuing to cry out in his ongoing distress, I just wonder what does that look like for for you and I in our places of pain and frustration and and despair, places we feel stuck? What does that look like for you and I to continue to wait with patience, continue to cry out to our Heavenly Father? What does it look like for us to continue to, to basically entrust ourselves to his love and to his care, right, as we're waiting and as we're crying out. What does that look like? I'll be the first to say, I, I don't like waiting. And I, if I polled everybody in the room, I, I would probably say that you're, you're with me, right? We've all been discipled in the age of the instant. I like to, to say that. So if we want something, we want it When? now. We don't want it yesterday or tomorrow, but we want it today. And guys, we certainly don't want to have to wait for relief. If we're in a place of pain, having to wait in a place of pain or in a place of feeling stuck or in a place of kind of ongoing muddiness and darkness, we, we don't want to have to wait. And that's what can be so difficult for us, can it not? To keep trusting, keep waiting. It can be difficult as we're waiting for that breakthrough as we're waiting for that deliverance, as we're waiting for that prayer to be answered, you know, as we're waiting for some sort of relief. And we all want to be able to, what, kind of just snap our fingers and, and, uh, and then all of a sudden the pit's gone. We're out of the pit. We're out of the bog. Boy, I wish life worked that way. But, but a lot of times it doesn't. It just doesn't. Now, did the Lord leave David in the pit? He didn't, did he? He didn't leave him in the bog. Uh, can you pull up verses uh, two through five again? There, let's let me just read this here. This is uh, this is amazing. So, so our heavenly Father doesn't leave David in the pit. He doesn't leave him in the bog. Okay, there we go. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. Deliverance, right? So, what can we learn about God from this? Guys, we can learn that, that God is a God of breakthrough, amen? And He is a God of deliverance, and He is a God of, of, of uh, rescue and, and restoration and redemption. This is who He is. This is His character, right? So, I just want to kind of speak that over all of our pits and bogs right now. That is the character of God. But there are times when we have to wait patiently. we have to keep crying out in that place uh, of of pain or struggle or hardship or, uh, you know, feeling stuck. We just have to wait. Um, There are three types of people in the room today. Some of you guys... Uh, you've just gotten out of a pit. Right? <laughs> Hallelujah, right? Amen. We are rejoicing with you. There's been great breakthrough in your life. There's been great deliverance. And you're doing the David two through five thing right now, right? You're rejoicing. You are telling your friends. And I just want you to know we are rejoicing with you. We are celebrating with you God's power and grace in your life. The second group, you're man, you're in the you're in the you're in the dark and mud right now, right? And, and you're tired and you're weary. The third group, guess who that is? That's everybody. (laughs) Because whether we're in a pit or we're out of a pit, guess what? Sometime in the future, I'm going to struggle again. I'm going to go through hardship again. I'm going to find myself in a place that I don't want to be, right? And that's just the norm. In fact, we need to look no further than the last half of this psalm. Verses 12 through 17, guess what? David is crying out again. (laughs) He's in a pit, Again, you guys, so just that, that's just the norm this side of heaven. I'll talk more about that in just a second. So my question for us is, how do we keep waiting patiently, right? How do we keep crying out in a place like this? You know, how do we endure as we're waiting upon uh, our Heavenly Father? How do we do it? Has God just kind of said, okay, just kind of, all right, just hang in there, you know, just kind of pull your boots up, you know, and just toughen up, (laughs) Guys, that's not our Heavenly Father, is it? That's not who He is. He draws near to us in these places with great, great compassion, and He's working mightily in those places. He's working mightily. So what I want to bring to us today as we kind of begin to wrap things up is I want to bring us four encouragements, four ways that I've found in my own life that have helped me keep going, to keep believing in the goodness and faithfulness and trust and love of my Heavenly Father. And I'm praying that that one, maybe two, maybe all of them, all of these things I'm going to share with you, I'm praying that they would speak directly to your heart, no matter whether you're in the pit or out of the pit, and I pray that they would bring grace to you today from the throne of God to not give up and to keep going. So encouragement number one, guys, is we endure. We wait with patience. We keep crying out by laying hold of and believing the promises of God that he has so freely and graciously given us in Christ Jesus. Let me say it again, we endure, we wait, we keep waiting, and we do that by laying hold up and believing God's promises over our lives. I want to read a verse for you. If you could put up 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, three and four. This is Peter speaking here, and uh, this is an amazing verse. There's a lot here, but we're going to focus in on one thing. It says this, "His divine power, so God is a God of what? Desire. So so guys, according to the word of God, what kind of promises has the Father bestowed upon us? They're they're precious, aren't they? They are they are very great. And so that's the opposite of of, of small promises or cheap promises. Or 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 maybe promises or wishy-washy promises. Are y'all with me? Like these are precious and these are very great. And they are for you and they are for me, and they were purchased at the cost of God's own son's blood. And you know, if you're in Christ here this morning, you guys, if, you, if you're like, I'm a follower of Jesus, I belong to him, did you know that every promise from Genesis to Revelation, so we're talking Old and New Testament, every promise for life, blessing, abundance, prospering, freedom, deliverance, uh, life, grace, did you know that those are yours in Christ Jesus. In fact, we sang a song. It was like all of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So they're yours. Guys, they're yours. And and also, did you know that if you are in Christ this morning, that you and I have been called to fight something called the good fight of faith? No matter where we are, in the pit, out of the pit. But the faith we need to endure, times in the pit, times in the bog, they come from the word of Christ they come from the word of God. They come from the promises contained within his word for us. So what that looks like, guys, we take the word of God. We lay hold of the promises related to waiting. You know, you know that there's a lot of promises about what God will do for us while we wait. We lay hold of promises, the promises about who God is, his character, his love, his faithfulness. We lay hold of promises about what God has done for us in Christ and what he will do for us in Christ, and we we stand on those promises, not in our own power, guys, but in the power of the Holy Spirit, and as we do that, you know what the Holy Spirit does? He begins to stir faith in our hearts to keep going, and to keep trusting, and keep believing that, God, you're going to come through. You're, you're enough, whether you, whether I'm feeling the come through yet, or I'm, I'm in the middle of it. You're enough, so that's that's how we do it, guys. We endure by the promises of God when we're in a pit, when we're in a bog, and we're waiting on breakthrough, and we're waiting on deliverance, and we're waiting on relief, and we're waiting on God to come through. A second encouragement to us, and I realize this this may not sound like an encouragement at first, guys, but but... But the Bible was written for for us to stay in reality. Amen? The Bible is to keep us in the real world. We we tend to kind of want to, or I do, just want to live in kind of a a false world. But I'm thankful that the Word of God keeps me in reality. So encouragement number two, the way we keep waiting patiently, the way we keep crying out, is that we've got to remind ourselves that whatever struggle or hardship or or pain or suffering that we're, we're going through, guess what? It's not unusual it's just not right? It's not unusual, and what do I mean by that? I mean that that trials and tribulations, or you know in keeping with Psalm 40, pits and bogs, guys, those are just the norm until we get home. They just are. Can you put up verse uh, the verse from First Peter uh, chapter four, verse 12 um, Peter says this, Beloved, do not be surprised hmm. at the fiery trial that comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. <laughs> Again, don't you love our Father? He's like, hey. Uh, and then 1 Peter 1.6, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved. So he gets the grief, right, by various trials. And then Jesus even said in John 16.33, you know, you're going to have tribulation, but take heart, right? Take heart. And so if we read God's word, if we read the New Testament, um, we're going to find that just hardship and suffering, it's just, it's basic Christianity. It's Christianity 101, and I don't say that to be a downer. I just want to say that to you guys. I'm not a pessimist, you know what I mean? I'm not a pessimist, but I just think it's, we've got to live in reality, right? We've got to live in the reality that, okay, Father, pits and trials and struggles and warfare, that's just, it's just how it's going to be till you come on, come back and get us and take us to be with you. I love what Piper says. John Piper says, life is war. It's not all that, but it's always that. Y'all let that sink in a little bit, right? In in other words, there are amazing blessings that God has given us, right? Amazing, wonderful, incredible. We could be here for, for a month thanking him for all of his goodness towards us. But you know what right alongside those are? Pits and bogs. Pits and bogs. And so I think it's helpful I think a way we can endure and keep going is just to remember, God, I'm not in this place because you don't love me. I'm not here because you've abandoned me. This is just, this is just how life is until we get home. So we've got to live in reality, you guys, or we'll, we'll get taken out so easily. Uh, encouragement number three, we, we keep waiting patiently, and we keep uh, not giving up by not going at it alone. Amen? Brothers and sisters, we need each other. Can y'all say that? We need each other. Right? We can't endure the pits. We can't endure the bogs by ourselves. I can't walk. I can't fight the good fight alone. And you can't either. We can't endure in these places by ourselves. You know, Jesus, he, uh, he gave us the what? The body. Right? He gave us the church he gives us one to another as brothers and sisters he didn 't come to suffer and die and rise again to create a corporation or a business or a fraternity or a meetup group or whatever whatever you want to call it no he he created he suffered and died and created to create a family right and so as such we 've been called to what bear one another 's burdens and so when i 'm in a pit, you know what I need, and you know what you need. Guys, what I need is I need a brother to get down in the pit with me, and I need him to come alongside me and to fight alongside me to lay hold of the promises of God for my pit, my bog. You know what I need? I need a brother or sister to get down in the pit with me and to remind me of the goodness and faithfulness and character of God. I need that when I'm in that place, especially if I've been there for a while. I need a brother to get down in the pit with me and say, you know what, I'm gonna cry out with you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna endure, I'm gonna wait with you. And, and you do too, guys. So, so my question to you on that is, is do you, do you does anybody come to mind right now, maybe a, a brother or sister or a friend or family member that's, that's been in a pit or bog for a while and they've been going at it alone? What does that look like for you to come alongside them and say, you know what, I'm going to get down in here with you, and I'm going to fight alongside with you. We're going to go through this together. Anybody come to mind maybe that you could reach out to today? And if that's you, if you're in that place, like if you've been in that pit or bog, you've been in the mud and the dark for a while, guys, what does that look like for you to reach out to somebody and say, I need you. I'm I'm about to go under. I'm about to give up here. I don't want to, but, but would, you, would you wait with me and would you cry out with me? So we endure, we endure these times of the, in the dark and in the mud as we're waiting for breakthrough and deliverance and freedom and whatever it is you're waiting on God for. We do it by waiting with one another and crying out with one another. And then the last encouragement, guys, and this is the I think the most important, is that when we find ourselves walking through hardship, struggle, suffering, Knee deep in mud, right in the dark. We make it. We hang on. We endure. We wait with patience by keeping our eyes on the one who not only endured, but who triumphed in the deepest and the darkest and the most horrific pits that it could or ever will be known, you guys. We keep our eyes on Jesus. Um, Hebrews 12 1 through 4, if we can put that one up there, it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. So guys, we wait for breakthrough. We wait for deliverance. We wait for that prayer to be answered. We wait for relief by fixing our eyes on Jesus, by keeping him there, looking to him and remembering that God's son was thrown into the ultimate pit of destruction, the cross. And that pit, you guys, was the pit of punishment for, for my sin and for your sin. It was the pit of the Father's wrath for our sin. And here's the amazing thing is that Jesus didn't just kind of wasn't just walking along one day and tripped and fell into this pit. He didn't just kind of wake up one day and go, oh, I'm in the ultimate pit of destruction now. Now, guys, out of the greatest love for you and I, <laughs> sorry, um, he uh, he allowed himself to be cast down in there, and he did it so that so that we wouldn't have to be there. And uh, that's that's the kind of love that he has for us, and that that love is a, a, a sustaining love. It's an enduring love. It's a love that does not go away. And so, because he has endured the worst of the worst pits that you and I could ever even dream of. Because of that, guys, he promises to see us through our, what the Bible calls, light and momentary uh, troubles. And those are our pits. Those are the bogs. Those are the, the times we're going to have to walk through and, and, and watch him come through on uh, as, we, as we wait and cry out to him. So I'm going to close by saying this. Our, our, our king is, he's mighty to save. He's mighty to deliver. And what he says to us today is he says, I love you. And I'm for you, and I'm working mightily in your life as you wait and cry out to me. And I didn't mention this earlier, but I want to say it now, guys, is that those times, at least i found in my own life, those are some of the greatest times to know his love and his tenderness and his care and his nearness, unlike any others that I've had in my life. Um... So we wait with patience. We keep crying out by uh, believing the promises of God, by remembering, hey, this is reality. You've, this is reality until I get home. And we do it by getting in the pit with one another, waiting and crying out with one another, and we do it by fixing our eyes on Jesus. And so uh, if you're um, praying for folks this morning, if you could come on up, and Jeremy, you're already up here. So uh, guys, wherever you are today, whether you're in the pit, out of the pit. Um, if you just need somebody to just listen this morning and, and pray for you, we've got friends up here that would love to do that. And if, you, if you're here and, and you hear me talking about the one that was thrown into the ultimate pit for you and you've heard about him, but you don't know how to know him, well, I would love to talk with you uh, after the service. So please come find me afterwards.